Hi everybody, Tom here. Uh, as you can see, we haven't yet had a chance to fix the errors that I made last week in clearing out all of our intro music and, and everything else. Um, that will be fixed over the next week in time for next week's recording, I hope. Um, in the meantime, Rob is here with Robbie Stelling. And don't forget, as Rob says during the podcast, you can now email us with your questions, your comments at podcast at footballinparkshire.co.uk. Jump in the mailbag. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast with me, your host, Rob Davis. Um, my regular co cohorts are not here with us this week. Tom Canning and uh, Abby can't join us at the moment. Abby might uh, pop in later on. But uh, fear not, because I have a very able deputy in the form of Robbie Stelling from the Nuclei, uh, Newbury Weekly News. Uh, Robbie, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, Rob. Thanks very much for having me. You, 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 you've called in the B team, unfortunately. This <laughs> uh, it's, it's, great. it's great to be here. It's great to be back. And uh, of course, you know, football... Football is back, and, and, and that's fantastic. So, yeah, it's really good to be back. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. No, it's always a pleasure. And as, as you may, uh, may have guessed, uh, considering our guest, I think our podcast will have a slight West Berkshire flavour um, uh, this week, um, which is uh, really good. We get to look at some of the teams uh, over that side of the county. Um, but actually, one of the games that we were both at, Robbie, this week, uh, involving one of the West Berkshire sides, also involved another Berkshire side. It was... Uh, an Ismia, sorry, Southern League Premier Division South uh, game between uh, Bracknell Town and Hungerford Town. And eventually, Bracknell running out 3-1 winners. Um, yeah, what we, uh, we'll start there, Robbie. What were your thoughts on the game initially? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I tend to watch these games from a, from a Hungerford perspective. Mm. Um, it, it was it was a fairly one sided game actually. I felt I think I thought Bracknell were were very good value for for three one. You know I, I chatted to to Danny Robinson afterwards and he was pretty downbeat about it. You know I, I don't think he had any complaints and I think anyone watching that game of a Hungerford persuasion would struggle really to make a case that they deserved anything more than than what they got. You know they. They they were they were well beaten. Like I say, the the, the first twenty minutes or so um, were probably the most even of the of the ninety. Uh, Hungerford Bay Corp made a few changes. They they, they lost uh, away at Chesham on Saturday. I think Chesham and actually I would include Bracknell in that bracket. You know, will be will will you would think would would be capable of, of finishing in the upper echelons of that league. Um, so Hungerford made four changes, uh, a couple of changes at the back, uh, two changes to the back four. Uh, Mike Baker, centre-half, came in, in place, and Luke Carnell, who both of them new signings, plenty of new signings, as is so often the case, um, especially following a relegation, as, as has happened with, with Hungerford, who dropped down from the National League South. So Mike Baker came in for his first competitive start in place of Luke Carnell, and Curtis Angel, who's who's one of the, the stalwart defenders, actually, that Hungerford have done very well to to keep hold of in the summer. That was one of the things that, that impressed me most about their their business. He came in uh, for his first start of the season at left back. There was a change in midfield as well. Matt Partridge, who is coming off the back of a, of a 
a year-long injury. He's had a he's had a really difficult time with injury. Can play centre half, can play in midfield. He came in just to screen that back four. I think Hungerford played Brad Hooper the first couple of games, who is slightly more forward thinking, is more likely to make those forward runs to to provide that link between the the, the midfield and the attack. Um, speaking to Danny, he he was conscious of the the Bratnell goalkeeper has a has a very long kick. Um, mm. And, you know, he, he wanted Hungerford to be able to defend well. You know, Bratton play with sort of a front four at times when they're, they're attacking. And I was very impressed with, you know, their fluidity, a lot of pace, a lot of threat out wide as well. I think both Hungerford fullbacks had a, an evening to regret, to, to forget, uh, maybe to regret as well, <laughs> uh, certainly. And, um, you know, Hungerford really struggled to deal with Actually, the balls, you know, getting the ball back to front quickly. Both sides tried to do that for, for large parts of the game. Yeah. Hungerford really struggled with it and, and Bracknell absolutely excelled uh, at it. Um, and, you know, I mean, Hungerford, did, they, they, they went behind fairly early on. They, they pulled it back after a, after a mix-up between the, the fullback and the, and the Bracknell goalkeeper. But thereafter, I think as soon as Bracknell went ahead for the second goal... Um, there was probably only one team that was gonna gonna win it. To be to be brutally honest, it was a very accomplished performance from from Bratton. And on, on the other side of the coin, it was a very disappointing evening for Hungerford. It, it was a good game, plenty of chances. Um, I think, like I said, Bratton probably could have had a, a couple more in truth. And um, you know, it's funny how football works, isn't it? Hungerford. I watched them win seven nil on the opening day <laughs> only ten days ago. And, and, you know, now we're sitting here, they've lost two games in a row. And of course, you know, it's a long old season. It's important to, to keep things in perspective. But suddenly they're in, the, they're in the bottom half and there's a bit of pressure on them. They've got a, they've got a home game on Saturday. And, and suddenly there does feel like there's a, it sounds a, a crazy thing to say, but there's a bit of pressure already on that, that, that fixture at the weekend. Absolutely, yeah. So just going through the, the game uh, from Tuesday night, uh, Joe Grant scored after eight minutes uh, for Bracknell, like you say, putting them ahead with a header uh, before uh, two minutes later. Um, there was a mix-up between the Bracknell fullback and the keeper and Lopez was able to nip in and poke the ball home. Uh, midway through the first half, Arusu broke the offside trap and put Bracknell back into the lead. And then an early penalty in the second half, uh, won by Joe Grant, uh, converted by Jordan Esprit, uh, gave uh, Bracknell a 3-1 lead, which uh, ended up being the final score. Um, uh, you were saying that you are quite impressed with uh, Bracknell and quite disappointed uh, with Hungerford. How do you think the uh, what do you think Hungerford's ambitions were for the uh, for the season going in well going into this season? Um, it's hard to tell sometimes with the club that's come down. Um, like you say, they've managed to keep a lot of the uh, team that that uh, were there last season and have added to it fairly well uh, from what I saw in preseason. Um, would they be hoping to be up there with the promotion contenders uh, come? April, or is it a season of consolidation, do you think? Well, I think, actually, I think they will be hoping to be up there with the promotion contenders. You know, I know from speaking to, to Danny Robinson and, and also from speaking to a number of the players that they do feel like they have a squad capable of promotion. And, um, you know, it's so difficult. One, one of the things we discussed on Tuesday night, when, you, when you have, you're fighting for that one automatic spot and, and obviously you've got the playoffs, it's very difficult. It's very difficult mm. to get out of 
of these leagues. Um, you know, I think naturally a team that, that comes down from a, from the outside looking in, a, a lot of people will say, well, they should be up there next mm. season. But often, you know, we see this throughout the football pyramid. It, it's much easier said than done. You know, so, sometimes it, it's difficult when you start losing football matches. It, it, it's difficult to turn that around. And I think that's actually one of the one of the, the issues in a way for Hungerford. You know, they lost a lot of football games last year. They, they were competitive. Um, they were they were well beaten only once or twice towards the end of the season once once relegation was confirmed, but they lost a lot of football matches and also they played a certain way. They were, you know, just you know they were they were a small club for the National League South and and they cut their cloth accordingly. They they sat off. They were content to let opposition teams have a lot of possession uh, and you know just try and scrap and fight and and steal a point here and there. And this season, of course, they're going about things slightly differently because you want to be more on the front foot. You want to be able to take games to the opposition. And, and you mentioned there that they have managed, actually, to keep a number of key players uh, last season. Mm. You know, the captain, uh, Reese Tyler, who, who's uh, right back, very, very reliable, dependable, you know, um, he's committed for another season. Matt Berry Hargreaves, the, the centre-half, who I think is a, a really outstanding player. I mean, it was only a few years ago that he was on the books of Oxford United, and I think definitely has the the capability to play higher. Um, you know, they they had a, a centre forward called David Bramang, who they managed to keep hold of. He's he's still coming back from a a serious injury, but they're expecting that they can count on him for much of the season ahead. And they've actually recruited very well. Um, I think the thing that probably impressed me most about what Danny did is he set about his recruitment very early and he had a very clear and structured sort of plan. I think he identified where Hunkerford's key areas of weakness were last season and uh, he, he went and and brought players in accordingly. You know, they had a fantastic goalkeeper last season called Jed Ward, who's uh, on loan from Bristol Rovers. He's going to be up at um, Weldston on loan this season in the National League, so he's making another step and I know he's very, very highly thought of at, at Bristol mm. Rovers and you could you could certainly see why, but it it took some time to get him in. And I think before Jed Ward arrived at, at Bullpit Lane last season, Hungerford had already used four or five goalkeepers, something crazy like that. And then towards the end of the season, he picked up a couple of injuries and yeah. Bristol Rovers naturally keen to take care of him. You know, even though they were they were slightly minor injuries, they, they didn't want him to aggravate them at all. So Danny again found himself rushing around for a goalkeeper. So so this year they've got Ryan Clark, who I, I believe is 41 or, or, or something like that. He looks very good for 41, I have to say, but over 200 appearances for for Oxford. Um, you know, a, a real good a real good CV, most recently of, of Bath City. And and Danny will be hoping that he can be the man in between the sticks for the for for the for the entire season and, and at the other end of the pitch. Um, I mentioned David Bromang. They also brought in Grace Evans, who who did okay at the back end of last season. They were able to re-sign him. He, unfortunately, is another one out with, with injury. But Connor McDonough has been leading the line, a uh, player that Danny, I think, has had his eyes on for a long time. Scored plenty of goals at, at Swindon Supermarine, uh, North League as well. You know, hit double figures in this league on more than one occasion. Um, and had a great start to, to, to life at Hungerford. He scored a hat-trick on his debut, and that was only two days after... He welcomed the birth of his uh, his son, so that oh. really was a, a a week to remember and a 
actually he was he was good enough to uh to sit down for an interview with me i don't know how he found the time because he you know he was uh he, he was um <laughs> obviously busy both with football and fatherhood um but mm-hmm. but that was fantastic and and he's really looked the part actually um you know four goals in, in three league matches a couple in pre-season as well and, and he is a he is a sort of traditional number nine in in many ways, and yeah. he's capable of, of leading the line. He can he can hold the ball up. He can bring other players, you know, into play. But he's more than that as well because technically he's very good. We saw him score a, a screamer against Thatcham Town in uh, in pre season when he he bought the he bought bought it down thirty yards from goal, beat a man uh, and then curled a ball uh, curled a shot into the top corner. So he's really capable, and and you know they they've added plenty. I think they had. Seven or eight debutants on the on the opening day of the season, but most of them, with the nature of the business being done so early, most of them had already played probably five or six games uh, in preseason. pre-season. So, so it almost felt like, you know, y- y- they were not settled. It would be too much to say, but they at least had been able to begin to establish th- those relationships and. You know, it's easy to sit here now and, and press the panic button. I, I know that Danny and, and the squad absolutely won't be won't be doing that. They've had two defeats in four days, but two. You know, when the fixtures came out, you looked at those two two away games, and 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 I thought, I tell you what, the season opener against Plymouth that's going to be really important because because looking at those two games on the road that they've got to got to go and um and, and you know get ticked off early on. They're going to be difficult. I think, like I said earlier, they'll probably be two of the top teams. But I see no reason why Hungerford cannot compete. I think there has to be an element of consolidation, given that, that Patrick and Nicky Chambers, um, who were, were chair and commercial manager, uh, moved on to Gloucester City in the National yes. League North. Um, Alan O'Donoghue has, has taken over the, the Reigns' former vice chairman. He's now, he's now stepped into that role. And, They've got some fantastic people on the committee as well, so I think they are in in really good hands. The, the attendance held up well on, on the first home game. I think they they, they had 400, 500 in, which was not too dissimilar to, to last season's attendances. So it, it, from that perspective, of course, you you want to consolidate first and foremost. But I, th- I think Hungerford, you know, knowing Danny as I do, that they will want to compete, um, and they've got players with experience of, of winning promotion. From the Southern Premier League, Michael Fernandez, a uh, very talented winger. He won it with Farnborough. And Louis Paget, versatile fullback. He was in the same Farnborough squad uh, that, that gained promotion. And plenty of players, you know, carrying over from last season despite relegation that, that prove that they, they, can, they can compete, certainly, in, at National League South level. And with the additions of, of McDonough, they've, Ryan Clark, and, and some really good midfielders as well. I see no reason why, despite a, a slightly lacklustre start, they can't go and uh, have a really positive season. Mm, absolutely. Some positive words for Hungerford there and a few you mentioned for Bracknell Town as well. Now, yes. I know, uh, obviously, the uh, the focus of your work is on uh, West Berkshire, but um, from your trip to, was it your first trip to Bottom Meadow? Uh, it was. Made on Tuesday yes. night. What do you make of Bracknell Town, uh, not just uh, on the pitch, but off it as well? A club that's sort of on the up, shall we say? Well, it certainly had that feeling, you know, sometimes you, you go to a, a club and, and you just get that sense, mm. you know. Um, I know you were filling me in about the, the details of the, of the grounds and, and the, the new surface that they've got um, yeah. installed there. Uh, it was, I found it, you know, first and foremost, very welcoming, um, you know, so, some good support as well. We were discussing that, that 
the drum was in full force and we actually both agreed yeah. that that we're in favor of the drum i know for for one reason or another it, it divides opinion i think sometimes it's it's the fans that don't have the drum that actually take umbrage with it um <laughs> so it's, it was a great atmosphere and it was a well-attended game for for a tuesday evening certainly and yeah i was very impressed with um bracknell i think what what stood out to me is they were quite capable of of doing a a bit of both you know they caused Hungford a lot of problems with going back to front quickly but it wasn't a case of of just hit and hope it, it yeah. certainly wasn't I, I think they've got some some real good footballers you know they, they were capable of of building from the back um and you know I, I think they almost draw they drew Hungerford out um and then were able to to play that ball that incisive pass um you know to dissect the Hungerford defence and and certainly going forward um they look like they've got goals in them you know i, I i've watched hungerford for for the entirety of pre-season and and i think they've got some good defenders you know they they drew with national league south, uh, north Gloucester city they 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 beat national league south chippenham you know they're no mugs that they're they're, they're, a, mm. they're a good solid team they'll be they'll be hard to break down i think for the most part this season but but Bretnell made it look easy actually um so I, I was very impressed. I know, Rob, you, you said that they've lost a couple. Um, yeah. um, and, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I, I come a bit underprepared. I'm not sure of, of who's who necessarily. But I, I thought that the, the defender who I gather has been has come in to, to replace one of the outgoing players looked, looked very assured. You know, I think that they were capable uh, of, of playing good football, but, but also standing up to the physical demands of this league, which is which is so important as well. You know, there's going to be a lot of big teams. Hungerford went to Chesham on, on Saturday and, and Hungerford are a big team. And I think they were out-muscled by, by them. And, and you, you, need to, you need to be able to do that. You know, we all love sides to play good football and, and Bracknell certainly play good football, but you also have to be able to, to stand up to, to, to physical tests and you have to be able to defend well and, and then build from there, and and yeah, I thought Bracknell Bracknell were excellent, and I, I I like to think that the fans who who turned out in their numbers and were in good voice throughout can be rewarded with um with a with a really good season, and if if they do have a successful season, I know that you can uh you can treat yourself to a a nice glass of prosecco from the uh from, from, <laughs> from, from the club bar, which is not something you see every day at non league ground. So uh, let's hope they'll be uh they'll be drinking plenty of prosecco come the end of the season. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the attendance, just to say there were 429 in attendance on a, a Tuesday night at Bottom Meadow, um, Berkshire Derby, but uh, not the closest Berkshire Derby, so I think it was pretty impressive. I think that's yeah, probably up there with um, where the sort of uh, average attendances were with uh, Bracknell last season, so to do that on a Tuesday night is uh, is very good. Brilliant. Well, we'll leave the um, the... Southern League Premier Division South there, and we'll move on to the Isthmian League South Central. Uh, they had their first set of fixtures the weekend just gone. Um, and as you are here, Robbie, in fact, actually, looking at all the fixtures, uh, there were 10 games, and every single one of them had, uh, ended in a win for one side, not a single draw across the uh, the 10 games. So uh, um, as you're here, we'll start with uh, Thatcham Town, who had a very good 1-0 away win at Marlow. Um, obviously, it's early days in the season, so we don't quite know how uh, all the other teams have um, are going about it and whether you're, the team sides you're playing are, are going to be promotion contenders or at the other end of the table. 
in the season. But Marlow a side that's consistently been up in mm. the uh, promotion places. So perhaps Thatcher would have looked at that and thought maybe that's quite a tricky start. But they got the win nevertheless. Yeah, it was um, it was a great result. It was I think that was that was a a really impressive opening day for for Thatcher because, like you say, Marlow have been there or thereabouts. I think mm. finished third last season and uh, beaten in the playoff semi-final. I think they, they're probably one of the sides that you could say with a fair degree of confidence, as much confidence as you can say at this stage in the season, will probably be up there. Mm. Again, this season, um, you know, Thatcher looking to build on what was a really positive season last season, actually flirted with relegation at times before Christmas and, and then had a great run, 10 unbeaten, and flirted with the playoffs, actually, towards the end of the season, ended up finishing 13th, a very solid 13th. And, um, you know, I've spoken about Yashua Romeo before, coming into his second full season now at the helm, um, third season in charge, having replaced Jamie Leacock towards the end of, 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 of uh, one of the recent campaigns three years ago. Now, and, and, you know, I've got so much time for Yash. Uh, I, I, he's a really nice bloke. I, I certainly think that he's not afraid to, to lay down the law, but he's been, been busy this summer. And similar to Danny Robinson, he, he's identified areas where Thatcham struggled and, and he's looked to, to, to fill those gaps. And, and one of the, the yeah, don't, don't so many teams struggle for goals. You know, it's, it's easy to say. Thatcham struggled a little bit for a, a goal scoring last season. They had a... David Niarko, who was on loan from from Reading, uh, he scored five goals in five games. Something did very well, but other than that, they lacked that that sort of number nine. Um, Simeon Weeks, uh, I believe, ended the season as, as one of the top scorers, who who was that sort of number nine. But he struggled for goals throughout most of the season. Had a bit of a purple patch towards the end, but actually, with 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 family and work taking him elsewhere, he left the club at the end of the season. So Thatcham really were without a a recognised number nine, but they brought in plenty of quality uh, going forward. Christian Johnson has come in, who, who looks a natural number nine. You know, he's got decent movement. He's quick. And they've got, they've got, they've strengthened in, in other areas across that front line. Uh, Jordan Brown has, has returned to the club. He was the, uh, he was the man who won the penalty in the FA Vars final. Uh, so he's back for a, a second spell, understandably popular. They've retained the services of Jordan Alves, who was one of their their most impressive players last season. Um, comfortable on either flank, technically very good and a and a real threat. And, and Sam Tanner, who scored the winning goal against Marlow, has been a real pleasant surprise. I was speaking to Yash Romeo on Monday, and he said that when they signed Sam, actually they 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 sort of thought he's probably going to be a squad player initially but his form has been such that he is he has locked down that that spot on the right of the the, the front line and uh and um is undroppable in yash's own words and and yes yeah, so he scored the the winning goal and at the other end they lost captain josh edwards um who was a, a sort of commanding presence at the back but they have signed josh blackwood who i think is going to do a similar a similar thing had a bit of a difficult year with injuries at, at reading city last season, but I know as a player, Yash has, has long admired and Thatcham struggled a bit from defending set pieces last season and they're hoping that his presence is, is going to help them do that. And it was a perfect start, you know, from both ends of the pitch. Um, they had to do plenty of defending, as would be expected when you go away to a, to a side that have uh, consistently been 
in and around the, the, the top of the league the last few years. Uh, and I think they rode them up slightly in the first half. That, that might be slightly unfair to say. I know Yash felt that, that it was a fairly even first half. Um, perhaps Marlo just shading the chances. They had a goal chalked off for offside uh, midway through the first half. And, and they also hit the woodwork. But, um, you know, Thatcham were, were resolute and, and don't good teams have to have to be able to do that? You know, similar to, to what we were saying with Bracknell, you, you've got to be able to do the ugly stuff to ensure that you can you can do the pretty stuff up, up, the, up the other end. You know, I think defenders often don't get the credit that, that they deserve and, um, you know, held on, uh, got, got in at halftime and, and Sam Tanner scored a, a bullet header from Cameron Rohot-Brown's cross and, and Cameron Rohot-Brown is a is a real key player, I think, for, for Thatcham as well. Watched him a few times and uh, capable of playing left back, left wing back, left wing, you know, on the on the left of a midfield three as well. Versatile and extremely capable. Uh, so to, to be able to secure his services for another season is a real coup. And without a doubt, that was a that was a, a positive start to the season for Thatcham. And, and they actually had returned to competitive action the previous weekend and they lost 5-1 in the FA Cup. So I think... Yeah you know, naturally there was a little bit of trepidation. You, you probably wouldn't have picked Marlow away as your, your first game of the season. They had a lot of players um, missing. You know, Yash said actually that the minute he put the phone down from speaking to me, they, he had three or four phone calls saying people had got injured. They'd injured themselves right. at work. You know, <laughs> one lad had, had, wasn't eligible to play because, because they, they found out he, they, he was suspended at the end of last season. A couple of signings not, not registered in time as well. So I don't know whether that makes me good luck or bad luck, uh, really. But, um, you know, they had a couple back in. Um, Nathan Jones, the captain, uh, Josh Edwards, departing captain. Yash has given the, the old man to Nathan Jones. Very dogged, determined in midfield alongside former Hungerford man, Callum Wilmoth. And they form a, a sort of steely midfield too. Uh, perfectly capable with the ball at their feet as well. And so they were both uh, uh, Nathan was was back in. Uh, you know, Callum played played both the first two games, uh, and and so they've got a solid core, a strong core from from which to build on. And I think that you know, as, as long as, as as long as they can keep their their front line fit and firing, then Thatcham could well be in for for a good season. And I, I would just temper that by saying that I think success would first and foremost be you know making sure that they're they're clear of the relegation zone. Um, and then let's see. I know Yash is, is mm. ambitious um, and wants to kick on uh, and perhaps a surprise assault on the top half or, or, or even the playoffs. I, I, I wonder if they're daring to dream a little bit after after such a good start to the season. But yeah, a lot, a lot of positivity around Thatcher and a lot to like with how they've gone about their, their summer business and how they've started the season, of course. Yeah, very comprehensive answer there, Robbie. I was going to ask you what you thought success would be for Thatcher. But yeah, top half of the table... Finish seems sort of where where my yeah. gut feel where I was uh, kind of uh, putting them. Um, they certainly, like you say, last season started maybe quite poorly, but then had a in the middle of the season seemed to uh, uh, things seemed to click and they seemed to uh, uh, climb up the division and uh, um, responded quite well. But maybe falling away slightly towards the end of the season. Um, so yeah, a bit more consistency perhaps. And if this result on Saturday is anything to go by, I mean. They look like they've got a, a decent team together and uh, can grind out results and have um, have people who can uh, um, score against good defences. Because like we say, Marlow is certainly one of the sides that might be up there. 
Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, the other two Berkshire sides in the Isthmian uh, South Central didn't get on as well. Um, Ascot started well in their first game at step four. Um, they went, were in 2-0 lead, but unfortunately by the end of the game, they uh, had managed to... That had been turned around by their hosts, Rainers Park Vale, and they uh, were on the, the wrong end of a 3-2 scoreline uh, with the last goal coming in the 81st minute there. So maybe some lessons learned for Ascot. Uh, new at this level... Uh, but need to uh, maybe maybe adjust to the standard before uh, before sort of uh, pushing on. I think I know they're quite an ambitious club and are hoping to be in the top half of the table as well. So uh, uh, maybe you know the adjustment period to this division might take a little while. But I, I think they they're a good side there, Ascot. Um, and then the other side, Binfield, uh, who are also in a bit of transition. They were at the end of a six nil defeat. Uh, they were at Ashford Town. And uh, yeah, uh, really not not a great start to the season. Although I think they will say they're, they're the club's slightly in transition, so they uh, need to have a few things sorted out in terms of uh, both on and off the pitch. And uh, if they can get things right, then later in the season they're hoping to be more of a force in the division. Um, just uh, as you say, Thatcham sort of uh, second uh, the looking to be maybe in the top half of the table. Have you got any sort of picks for the uh, uh, favourites uh, in that step four division this year, Robbie? Oh, gosh, you, you've, you've put, put me on the spot. Put me on the spot. Sorry about that. You've you, you put me on the spot. Um, do you know what? I, I actually... It's going to sound a, a, a bit of a cop-out because we, we've already discussed them. I, I actually really fancied Marlow. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Season, um, I, I, I have to say, um, you know, g- given, given that they're their prowess at, at, at the level but mm. I see no reason why Ascot can't have a have a successful season obviously a, a club that is going in the right direction um, you know had some some memories to savour certainly over the over the last uh, last few seasons and you know we were lucky enough to to hear from some of the uh, some of the players and, and coaching staff at the uh, the Berkshire Football Awards um, yes. and I was really impressed. I was really impressed with with how they came across and and how they spoke. And, and one of the things that that you you really got the sense is that there's a desire not to to rest on their laurels and and to to keep moving forward. And often I I think sometimes you, you get a team that that has has gone up a level and is expecting to do very well. They often don't start well. You know, I think mm. if if you look a little higher, we saw it with. Um, Wrexham and Notts County coming out of the, of the National League going into League two, both teams expected to, to, to do very well. And, and um, I think both conceded five on, on, on the opening day. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be, be successful. And I think the same goes for, for, for Ascot. You know, they, they have that ambition to, to, to go and do well. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'd like to think that, you know, I'm going to back, back Berkshire and hope for some success uh, <laughs> in that regard and, and I'm definitely not saying that because um, I don't have a list of the other teams up in front of me <laughs> no well I like that we like to hear back Berkshire on this pod so yeah we'll let you get away with that for yes, sure thanks Rob <laughs> right um, well um, as we're making use of you here Robbie we're going to turn our attention to the upcoming fixtures this weekend um, uh, the most notable of which are the uh, the FA Cup the um, preliminary round of the FA Cup um, before we look at that one, we should probably mention about um, the Hollyport game 
at uh, at Summerlees on Tuesday. Um, I think I might have mentioned this to you yes. on on Tuesday night, Robbie. But uh, Holyport originally going to Hartbury University and coming away with a late two-one uh, victory thanks to a yeah a very late penalty. Now uh, during the um, during the awarding of that penalty, uh, Hartbury University had a player sent to the sin bin for his uh, for his I guess uh, protests at the awarding of the penalty. And uh, but the problem with that being is that during the FA Cup there are no sin bins. So I think Hartbury ended up playing. I think it was three and a half minutes. Uh, I've read somewhere with um, one too few players. Um, and because of that, uh, despite Hollyport getting the 2-1 victory on the day there, um, they were asked to replay the tie. Uh, now, the tie was actually replayed in Hollyport, so uh, I, it seemed to be that this was a, a replay. So uh, it was seen as a replay. It was a one-off fixture. Um, it was one-all at the end of um, full-time, so um, it went into extra time rather than going into uh, another replay. But Hollyport were able to come through that one as well. So they, they managed to win 2-1 um, and uh, have made it into the uh, preliminary round this weekend. So congratulations to Hollyport. I don't want to say uh, justice was served there particularly, but it was really harsh on Hollyport to have to replay the fixture, although I'm, I'm not 100% sure if any other solution could have been found. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all the officials there probably involved in that breathe in a, a real sigh of relief when uh, yeah. you know Hollyport came from behind and... and uh, managed to progress through and uh, and and I think you know even the opposition would probably accept that that in many ways justice was was served. It, it, it these things happen don't they I mean you know football is so complicated and especially at the start of the season I, I think officials are trying to cope with lots of different rule changes or, or slight adjustments to rules and and obviously in the in the heat of the moment you know players make mistakes and and officials are are bound are bound to do the same Absolutely. as well but certainly a, a, a unique one the, the kind of thing that could probably only happen um you know in and around this kind of level but it, it, it's it's that kind of colorful story that in the end has a has a has a happy ending that it, it, it is part of what makes our you know this 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 beautiful game so so interesting um you know it certainly keeps us on our on our toes but um yeah i think uh, people will be having a anyone playing in an fa cup tie will, will definitely be uh conscious that they, they there's no danger of a uh, get, getting sent to the sim bin not that that uh, not that, that gives uh, any players listening a chance to uh, have a dig <laughs> at the referee or anything like that absolutely um so uh hollyport's reward was a home tie against yate town so um uh, opposition from higher up uh coming to summerlees on saturday um we go through all the FA Cup fixtures involving Berkshire sides here. Ascot are, uh, Ascot United are at home to uh, Mangotsfield United. Uh, Reading City are away at Easington Sports. Uh, Hollyport, as we mentioned, home to Yate Town. Tadley Kaliva uh, at home to AFC Porchester. Virginia Water at home to Cripps. And Wallingford and Crowbarsh um, at home to Marlow, uh, as the team we were speaking about uh, just a moment ago. Uh, probably out of those, uh, I'd say the one you're perhaps best qualified to talk about, uh, Robbie, would maybe be Tadley Kaliva. They're probably the ones that come closest under the sort of West Berkshire banner. Um, how do you think, uh, how do you see their fixture going on Saturday? 
Yeah, well, I'd start by saying it's qualified in inverted commas, I reckon, uh, I reckon, Rob. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, um, you know, I, I think everyone looks forward to, to, to the FA Cup. Um, you know, it's it's often a chance to, to watch opposition that you, you might not get to see as mm. well. And, and and that's interesting. I think from a management or point of view, it can be a challenge as well because you, you can be a little bit unawares as to sort of the type of, of opposition you're expecting to 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 be facing. Um, you know, Tadley have had a, a a summer of considerable change. Um Ben Dillon and, and Joe Mulmer were were joint managers, uh, best friends and joint managers at the helm of the club but, and had two very successful seasons together, um, taking over when they were in the combined counties north, uh, when the club were rock bottom, winless from the first ten games, and they, they steered them to safety and then they switched to combined counties south and had a pretty successful season last year. I think they ended up finishing eighth. Um, just a couple of, of really bad runs and, and they came unstuck, you know, uh, especially after Christmas. They weren't quite what 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 they were, um, you know, in the opening months of, of the season. And I mentioned the transition. Ben Dillon, is, uh, he's stepped down. Um, he's decided to focus. I know he's got a He's got a young lad who's a who's a very fine footballer in his own right, and I think he's off playing academy football. Ben's really keen to to support that. You know, he's got work commitments again, taking him slightly further afield. So he has left the uh, managerial reins in Joe Mulmer's very capable hands. Uh, I've had a couple of good chats with with Joe, and and you know they were a sort of dynamic duo. We, we saw at Bracknell that those those duos are, are, are quite popular nowadays. Um, but Joe's got experience of, of managing on his own, and and I always enjoy chatting to him. He has a, as did Ben. They've got real good football brains. I, I really like the way they they approach the game. Um, they have a sort of football philosophy, to use that sort of modern term. You know, they they see the game, they want to play a certain way, and um, you know, so I think in in in, in that regard, Tadley are in are in in safe hands. Um, They've had quite a bit of change on the playing front as well. A number of senior players um, have either moved on or, or retired. Um, club captain Tom Walsh has uh, has hung up his boots. Ben Wright, who scored 19 league goals last season, was top scorer for a couple of seasons in a row. He is without a club. Um, and, and they've had a couple others uh, step up, which obviously is, is great to see. You know, I know that, that no supporters or officials would would begrudge those players to go on and and play at a, at a higher level so having lost a little bit of experience I think Joe is gonna he, he's actually gonna gonna rely on some of his 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 younger players they've got a, a lot of young players but they've never been afraid to use them so although maybe young in age they are not necessarily naive or inexperienced Jordan Gotar is going to be the man to take over the club captaincy and um you know, he, he's been a, a stalwart for, for the last couple of seasons. And, and I've always been very impressed with him, actually, despite his relatively tender age. He's always looked a sort of commanding and, and composed presence at, uh, at fullback. Very, very good footballer as well. They've, they've, of course, they have added. But I think we're going to see a Tadley that is slightly more energetic, um, you know, slightly more dynamic. And I think maybe you could actually say they ran out of steam a bit um, last season. So... So I think they, they will be hoping that they can address that problem. They lost in the league on the opening day uh, mm. against a pretty good Shearwater side. I, I didn't see the game, but 
but I understand that that they weren't disappointed necessarily with their performance. It, it's just you know making sure they they take their chances and having lost the top goal scorer, there's always going to be a bit of a question, uh, a bit of a question mark over that. They had a good win in in, in the Hampshire Cup, uh, Hampshire Senior Cup, though they scored five goals in midweek. So hopefully they'll be able to right a few of those those wrongs this this weekend. And and you know we were chatting about it. I, I can't claim to be a, a Porchester expert. I, I know <laughs> they're expecting a, a large following, and, and that that stung that one from uh, from Tom Canning. I can't I can't uh, lay claim to, to that fact. But but that's that's the beauty of, of the FA Cup. Sometimes it's it's a little bit of an unknown. Um, I, I think Tadley, like I say, are in good hands with a, with a good competitive squad. I think that they are well placed to have another decent season, and certainly you know they they'd love to have. A couple of wins in in the FA Cup. Not only is it is it great to to dare to dream and to to try and progress through a couple of rounds, it, it's it's obviously a big boost to to the club. You know, all clubs are hoping that that from a financial point of view as well, you can progress through for a couple of rounds. And of course, having a home game that always helps. You know, the Barnes Park surface is is a, is a nice pitch to play on, and that will certainly help help the way that that Tadley uh, looked to play. So yeah. Uh, Quietly confident. I, I'm not sure I would uh, deign to offer you a prediction, given that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm not a, a Porchester expert, like I said. But, you know, Tadley well-placed, I think, to certainly go and uh, uh, compete. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, well set up and uh, finished in a decent position last season. But we've mentioned on the, this podcast before that um, Combined Counties Premier Division South is actually a very, very competitive league. Um Sandhurst, one of the Berkshire sides who got prom- promoted into the division, have had two away games and two pretty heavy defeats so far. But I think they could still be um, up there and looking for um, uh, potentially looking to get into the playoffs and around the promotion picture because the two teams they played so far might be the two toughest sides in the division. <laughs> they lost uh, 6-1 on the opening day away at Red Hill and then they lost uh, 4-0 in midweek away at Farnham. And uh, I think both of those sides have... Uh, got real big ambitions and uh, are really well set up. But uh, the strength of that division is really, really high. So, uh, yeah, Tadley being well set up, hopefully they can thrive and maybe push on a place or two from where they were last season. And you never know, the outskirts of the playoffs might be in reach. I think so. I think that that, that would uh, be a successful. Like you say, it's a it's a very tough league. Tadley conceded yep. 11 goals in their first two games uh, last season and, and, and still went on and, and had a successful successful season but yeah a seriously competitive league absolutely yeah and and just uh, before we sort of uh, wrap up our look we should probably uh, cast our eyes over the fixtures and as we got you here you mentioned a big game for Hungerford at home they're at home to Beaconsfield Town a team that um, until recently also had joint managers uh, John Underwood and uh, uh, Baker and Underwood who were previously in um, in uh, Slough Town now it's just John Underwood on his own at the moment so it's just uh, uh, yeah, just the one manager, but another tough side uh, for Hungerford. So yeah, a tricky assignment on on the weekend uh, at Bullpit Lane. Yes, uh, tricky indeed. I mean, that's where I'm going to be off to on on Saturday. Um, always enjoy my my visits my visits there. Thatcham uh, have a have a week off actually as as well. Yes. So um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I think uh, Beckinsford have, have not had the. The, the best start, uh, I think two draws and a, a defeat. I believe I'm I'm right in, in saying so. They'll come come to Bullpen Lane with a with a point to prove. It's going to be interesting to see how manager Danny Robinson approaches the game. He uh, spoke to him afterwards uh, after the the, the Bradford game and um, 
he he held his hands up as he always does when he thinks he's 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 made a mistake. He felt like he got the team selection wrong, and and actually he he pointed to the the squad depth that Hungerford have have got to mm. to to you know almost being his his own undoing. Sometimes when you have a big squad, you you think you have to make it make changes some of the time, especially when you play Saturday, Tuesday. So I think we might see Hungerford revert to type. I'm I expected to be a similar team to the one that that started the season opener and won so emphatically uh, and you know it, there's pressure on the players now um you know hungerford need to refine that that winning mentality they need to remember how to win games of football and and you know bullpen lane is is quite a unique place to play football i know a lot of teams um certainly take a little time to adjust to there there is a bit of a slope there um mm-hmm. and, and you know hungerford obviously have the advantage of of being well practiced on that, um, you know. Danny always reckons they actually score more goals going uphill. Um, <laughs> so, but look, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm still confident Hungford are going to have a successful, a successful season. But two teams with uh, something to prove. So I'm expecting a, a, a really good game, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Very much so. Uh, for all the fixtures across Berkshire, you can go to www.bookbookbookshire.co.uk. Uh, we have our uh, fixtures and scores page there. So um, if you're looking to get out and get to a game, uh, you can see, take your pick from all the options across Berkshire or involving all the Berkshire sides, I should say, because uh, we have obviously all the away fixtures there as well. So get on uh, to that page and check it out and we will um, uh, choose yourself a game to go and see. Um, right, well, that's about it from us um, today. We've had a, a very good, a very comprehensive chat, I think, Robbie, over the uh, covering the uh, West Berkshire sides. Uh, perhaps when we get you on next, uh, Newbury would have kicked off their season and we can uh, add, add a third or fourth team to the uh, uh, list that we cover. Um, but uh, thank you very much for joining us and adding all your knowledge to uh, the podcast today. It's, it's been a, a very enjoyable chat. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Rob. I have to say, I'm a big fan of of, of the podcast and all, all the wonderful stuff that that you guys you guys do. You, you know, I, I know that there's a, a lot of football fans in the area that that really do rely on you guys for for news and views. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a real pleasure to be able to come back on and uh, and have a chat with you. So thanks very much. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. And uh, you know, if uh, you are a, a fan of football in the area and you want to. Uh, um, see some of those news and views and things uh, like that. We, I've already mentioned the website that you can go to. We're set up across all these social media channels. Just search for Football in Berkshire across all your uh, social media app. And debuting uh, this week, we actually have an email address. So you can contact the show um, and we can uh, interact and read your questions, queries or uh, thoughts or comments out uh, about anything we're talking or about anything that's going on in Berkshire football. So just uh, send us a message, uh, podcast at footballinberkshire.co.uk. That's podcast at footballinberkshire.co.uk. And you'll be able to reach myself, Tom Canning and Abby, and uh, we'll be able to respond to anything you say as long as it's <laughs> uh, as long as we can broadcast it. So uh, with that, I just... Uh, Uh, we'll uh, sign off for today Uh, thank you very much for listening and please tune in next week to the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast goodbye thanks everyone bye cheers Robbie that was great brilliant thanks Uh, Rob thank you very much for jumping on and uh, yeah I'll I'll be down at Bullpit Lane fairly soon uh, soon, I think Um, yeah I've got one or two 
sort of I've got my games I've got my own, but yeah I haven't fixed everything in my calendar just yet so yeah I'll let you know when I'm coming down yeah please do give me a shout and uh, yeah thanks again for, for having me on really enjoyed it of course cheers then mate cheers right, right. have a good care. day bye bye you too bye